catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. everybody to the lakers legacy podcast where kyle kuzma is awesome lebron james is awesome the lakers being a legit good team is awesome or as lance stevenson would say hey that's awesome awesome with a capital a (laughs) that's amazing amazing with a capital a Honestly, that was like one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my life, I think. You mean ever heard? Ever heard, man. That was so odd. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's awesome. With a capital A. That's my Lance Stevenson <laughs> impression. If anybody heard him on a mic'd up. Tommy, how you feeling this December? And how would you say you go about spelling your last name? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, With a capital A. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right, dude. Good one. 
All right, freaking A. These are some fun times to be a Lakers fan. Um, hey, by the way, did you see my Twitter video go viral last night? My Luke Walton shows yeah, Lonzo dude, Ball well, how it's done? That was a really damn good video. I can't, I don't know how you thought of that. That was such a good, uh, such a good pull, though. Well, I mean, I, you know, Lonzo Ball's behind the back supreme turnover and then Luke Walton's facial expression. In my mind, I was like, I've seen that somewhere before. Oh, yeah, Luke Walton did it against the Heat, against Dwayne Wade, except he actually completed it. And then I went about looking for the clip. And it's funny because I didn't actually, usually I use Adobe Premiere to like splice up videos, but I was so lazy. Shout out to the Merge Video uh, website. I, I lazily just cut it together and I was like, all right, here we go. And then it blew up. And guess who liked the video? Who? Momo. Momo Shelburne. So it looks like we got Momo. sauces now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but if you haven't seen it, which I'm sure you have by now, because it's been viewed like 35,000 times, which How is... How have you not seen it by now? <laughs> I know, right? So uh, if you haven't if you haven't seen it, I interspliced this clip of Lonzo Ball making that errant behind-the-back turnover, followed by Luke Walton's blank stare and facial reaction, straight into a flashback of Luke Walton as a Laker playing against Wade in the Heat when he himself was able to complete a beautiful behind-the-back bounce pass in transition to a streaking Lamar Odom. Good times, fond memories, basketball is poetry. You know, the most interesting part about that tweet is seeing the mentions pile up saying, man, I'm so glad you posted this because I wasn't ever, I wasn't able to ever really appreciate the Kobe Bryant era and watch these games. And I'm like, damn, I'm old. I remember this play like it was yesterday pretty much, which is why I was able to kind of pull it out of my ass. But uh, glad I was able to uh, bring up those nostalgic good memories of the Kobe Bryant, Showtime Lakers, Pau Gasol, Lamar Odom, Luke Walton, etc., etc. Yeah, Tommy, how are you feeling? I think I asked you that and then I proceeded to just keep talking. I'm feeling great and thank you for asking. Amazing. Are you feeling awesome with a capital A? I don't want, I don't want you to say that anymore. <laughs> Does it make you feel uncomfortable? Yeah, I don't like it. All right, well, let's shift gears. Before we get on with our show, we are going to talk a lot about Cal Kuzma. Um, I am naming this show Finding Robin because I think we may have found, spoiler alert, I think we may have found our second in command. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk a lot about Cal Kuzma, talk about the Lakers in general, of course, and then also talk about the Trevor Reza KCP rumors. Um, before we get to any more of our show, though, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate interview us on iTunes because the more you rate interview us, that's how many times we'll have LeBron James quote relevant statistical factoids of his while he's shooting clutch free throws. Maybe that'll be the key to him actually hitting his shots at the line down the stretch. What do you say? No, I, I don't know. What you're oh, you didn't see that? So yeah. like while he was at the free throw line, he was kind of talking some trash with Dwayne Wade. And he literally said, you know, I have the highest I score, the highest points per game in the fourth quarter, though, before he shoots his free throws. So I thought that was pretty gangster. Um, so if you want to see LeBron James do more of that, but get a little more nerdy with the statistics he shoots out, like I own a league best plus 7.8 in the fourth quarter when played at the center spot and Lance is my shooting guard, please rate interview us on iTunes. Um, speaking of rating interviews, tonight we're not going to have Born Ready read the review, unfortunately, because Tommy's feels very uncomfortable hearing him pop in and out. We're actually going to have former Laker and maybe soon to be Laker again. Trevor Ariza come in and read the review of the night. And of course, we're going to have Tommy Alexander, our impressionist extraordinaire, read the review. So Tommy slash Trevor Ariza, whenever you're ready, take it away. <clears throat> this review is entitled 
best Lakers podcast available by Kobe God, Jelly Bean Bryant. This podcast is everything one would want in a basketball podcast. The guys keep it real and deliver quality content weekly. If you want to listen to all things Lakers, here is the spot. They can be pretty funny, too. That's it. You know what else this podcast is? <laughs> this podcast is amazing. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, uh, thank you, Kobe God. What is it? Kobe God Jelly Bean Bryant. Is that it? Yep. Yeah. Thank you, Kobe God Jelly Bean Bryant. We appreciate the kind words. Uh, Tommy Alexander, you did such a great job channeling trevor ariza who also has the same initials initials as you i don't know why i'm pointing that out (laughs) (laughs) but uh what went into your expert uh channeling of trevor ariza right there um i tried really hard to imagine a guy who was about to you know was playing on the suns for a while and maybe has some connections to los angeles and is probably going to be traded back to los angeles where he once played and won a championship Awesome. That makes a whole ton of sense. And we'll get to Trevor Reza in just a second. So yeah, please rate interview us on iTunes. Uh, I think we're at 390 right now. No, not 390. I wish. We're at 290 reviews right now. We'd love to get to 300 by the new year. So please help us do that. Also, patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast is where you can support us financially, whether it's a dollar, two dollars, anything helps. All right. With that said, Tommy, the Lakers are fun. I think this is the most fun I've had in quite some time maybe 2012, really, the Lakers are actually good. Lakers are 17 and 10. This is the highest they've been above 500 since 2012. They are fifth in the West, two losses out of first place. Oklahoma City holds the top spot with eight losses. As I tweeted out uh, today, the Lakers also have the best record against teams with a record of 500 or above with eight and three. Um, Oklahoma City, by comparison, they are the number one team in the West, as I mentioned. Oklahoma City against teams with a record of 500 or above are only 5 and 7. On the flip side, they are 12 and 1 against teams uh, below 500. The Lakers in comparison are 9 and 7 against teams below 500, but I think I can literally count all 7 of those losses and they're actually not as bad as you think. 3 of those losses of course came to the San Antonio Spurs. Two more of those losses came against the Orlando Magic, and even though they're below 500, they have proven themselves to be a fairly competent team. And then the sixth loss was to the Houston Rockets, who currently are, I don't even know what the record is, I just know that they're not in the playoffs, and they are probably below 500 as well. So even those seven losses against below 500 teams, those teams are pretty formidable. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to turn it around uh, by season's end and maybe make it into the playoffs. So even on in that respect, I feel like the Lakers overall strength of schedule has been pretty competitive and tough. And they've done a really, really good job managing um, a pretty tough opening schedule and finding their way to 17 and 10 being fifth in the West. So Tommy, how how good is this team? Let's just give a quick general breakdown of how you're feeling about the team, this fun, loving, jovial, entertaining brotherhood that frankly has me, as corny as it sounds, pretty giddy. Kind of like that LeBron James Snapchat post, can't believe this is my life now, smiling through it all, yada yada. How are you feeling about the Lakers? Are we a good team? Jonathan, we are the best team in the NBA. Whoa. Okay, expound upon that. 
No, I don't know for the best team in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> but we are – no, we're really good, man. I, I think, you know, when we were hypothesizing about, like, what this team could be over the summer when we made all these random signings and we tried to rationalize everything and we tried to rationalize the growth of our young players, um, you know, in the context of the system we were trying to run and the players that we got or acquired in the offseason, especially LeBron – and we tried to think of like all the best case scenarios, and it seems like those best case scenarios are really starting to hit. Like all of the guys that we've signed, uh, despite all the noise from the media, have all made the impacts that we expected to see, based on you know watching the clips and you know looking at the advanced stats and, and the breakdowns and, and you know all that. Um, and then the young guys have just developed so well uh, in their own ways. You know, I think Kuzma right now is just like light years ahead of B.I. and Lonzo. Um, but B.I. and Lonzo are making their steps in their own ways, too. So, you know, every everything is kind of moving forward. Um, and uh, it's just like awesome to watch. Like we are literally so close to being the top, the number one seed in the West. And we have like half our team is young guys who are just getting better every single day. Like the upside for this team seems incredibly high. Yeah. And you can still contextualize our season with, you know, the suspensions Rondo being out for like four weeks and still, still out actually BI being out here and there. And currently, you know, we don't know when he's going to come back. He'll be reevaluated in the next couple of days. Um, so there's been a lot of shifting going around and then getting Tyson Chandler about seven games or so into the season. It, it's It's been crazy that amidst all of that tweaking and trying to just get comfortable with each other, we heard all off season about how the Lakers have had a pretty big turnover rate in terms of the new the new guys they're bringing into the system and and the biggest one of all obviously being LeBron James, Julius Randle, who was a huge part of last uh, last season's team coming out. It's crazy that they've been able to adapt on the fly like this, and there's there's still so much more room to grow, like you said, as a team and as individuals. So it's it's been great to see, and, and most of all, you know that LeBron James still has a notch or two higher, at least, uh, to turn it up. So that's exciting. So the Lakers, you know, th- those seven games that they've lost to 500 teams or below— so I, I just I just confirmed it. The teams that we've lost to are the Houston Rockets, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Orlando Magic, and the San Antonio Spurs. So those are all really solid teams. Like they're not the worst of the worst. So the Lakers have actually done a good job of taking care of business when when they were supposed to. Um, just some quick stats: the Lakers are still ninth in defensive rating for the entire year. Obviously, that's a lot higher with if we're just taking into account the Tyson Chandler. Um, when Tyson Chandler came in, uh, they are ninth in the league in opponent field goal percentage, holding opponents to 44.7%. So that's really impressive. On the offense, we are 14th in offensive rating, about middle of the pack, which is fine. Uh, we are still ninth in points per game, averaging 113.1. And we are seventh in field goal percentage, shooting 47.4%. Uh, you put that all together, we are 10th in overall net rating with plus 2.3. And in terms of pace, we are actually still fourth. We are fifth in in the league in defensive rebounding, no doubt helped by uh, Tyson insane, Chandler's presence. Man. Yeah, right? It's amazing. Um, and actually, you're seeing it more and more, the way that they funnel guys into the paint and, and allow JaVale McGee to just 
uh, scare the living hell out of them, and then everybody yeah. else just cleans up. It's, well, yeah, it's, and, it's been effective. Yeah. It's been yeah. effective. They're doing a really good job of squeezing into the paint um, uh, on drives, and and everybody's like trying to get a hand in there, even if they're not grabbing the rebound. So, and I apologize for not having the actual statistic in front of me, but I I've either read or heard recently that the Lakers, the percentage that they hold opponents to in the paint is ridiculously low. And that's all because they actually have a game plan to funnel guys into JaVale McGee or Tyson Chandler. And it's been super, super effective. A lot of that is going to even itself out and level out. But just in terms of even holding dudes to 50% shooting or, or below in the paint is pretty incredible. And the, and the fact that they're crashing the boards to help Tyson Chandler and JaVale McGee out is uh, is, is really good as well. So yeah, the Lakers outside of the Spurs collapse um, last week have just been flat out good. L- let me know if you if you feel this as well. Yeah, for, for better or for worse, it seems like they have a swagger about them. That tends to bite them in the butts for a quarter or two each and every game. Uh, but recently it hasn't mattered. And like Luke Walton said, they've been able to pull out wins that maybe earlier on the, in this season they, they probably wouldn't have been able to do. Um, I think that blowout win against the Grizzlies on the road on the second night of a back-to-back was incredible. I, I mean, they beat the Grizzlies at their own game while still sort of dictating the pace and tempo and still showing their um, offensive dominance in spite of that. And kudos to Kyle Kuzma. If there was ever a Kuzma is due for a bad game type of, type of game or night, I thought it would have been against the Grizzlies, but he was still incredible. And they actually blew them out. So props to the Lakers this last run. Again, if it wasn't for the Spurs or the Orlando Magic, the Lakers would be on like a 15-game winning streak or something like that. Um, so yeah, really good times. We can only get better from here. You just bring in Rondo. I mean, Rondo is going to help this team so much by just shoring up the bench unit. We've seen how this team has struggled whenever Luke's gone to that. And I thought he was going to stagger more. He hasn't been staggering Lonzo, Kuzma, or LeBron with the bench unit, which is a little peculiar. Um but Rondo is going to set everything back into place with that um, bench unit. And so is uh, Brandon Ingram when he returns. So looking forward to that happening soon. And also, we may be looking forward to some extra cavalry coming in the form of a former Laker. Obviously, we were talking about Trevor Ariza. This is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season, and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. Tommy, what are your quick thoughts on Trevor Ariza? Today, it came out that uh, Kevin O'Connor on his podcast, on, the, on his Ringer podcast, pretty much said that from everything that he's heard, this is pretty much a done deal. We first heard about the news on Sunday. Wojnarowski reported that it would likely be a three-team sort of deal with KCP going to a third team that may actually want him and need him and the, and a team that would give him some minutes so that he could recoup some of his value and go back into free agency this summer having a season where he was able to showcase more of his skills and get more more of a role than he than he currently has with the Lakers even though I think he's played very solidly for us uh, presently so KCP would go to the third team obviously the Lakers would get Trevor Ariza and then the Phoenix Suns would get a more 
quote-unquote established point guard uh, who could help DeAndre Ayton um, just get easy passes and help kind of shepherd that team along, as well as maybe some draft considerations, whether that's like a future first rounder or, or future second rounder, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so with that said, Tommy, with Trevor Ariza likely coming here um, in the next few days, December 15th to be exact, because that is the date that NBA teams can now trade guys that they signed in the offseason. What are your thoughts on Trevor Ariza coming to this team? And do you actually think that the swap, do you think it's a push in terms of having KCP go out on one end and then taking Trevor Ariza in on the other? Because KCP has, and of course, I it's funny that I'm the one saying this, but I'll admit he has been playing really well recently. He's been hitting his shots. He's been pretty feisty on defense and pretty athletic, actually. Um, Trevor Ariza, if you scan his year with Phoenix, obviously you can't put too much merit on what he's done with the Suns, as we've seen with Tyson Chandler. But even if you scan Trevor Ariza's um, playoff run with the Houston Rockets last year, he shot like abysmally, like below 30% from three. Some people are saying he's washed up. Obviously, he's 33 or 34. KCP is only 26 or so. So in that respect, giving putting that all into context... Do you still like that we'd be pretty much swapping KCP for Trevor Reza? Why wouldn't the Lakers just kind of stand pat and go with what's been working, in your opinion? Um, also, just a, a little added context before you jump in. The reason why KCP would trade his no-trade clause, his implicit no-trade clause, would, outside of just getting more minutes and more of a role, he also does have a 1.5 million trade kicker that he'll be able to t- um, avail of once that trade happens. So any money he can gain before he heads into free agency, I think is a plus for him. And like I've kind of surmised in the past, I think this current deal with the Lakers, when Majinka kind of signed him right off the bat, right after LeBron, I think they had a under the table agreement with Rich Paul that if there came a moment in the season where they could trade KCP, that KCP would have to be somewhat amenable to waiving his no trade clause, and I think that's what we're seeing now. Obviously, it's gonna it has to help him out as well, but I think they had that discussion right before they signed KCP to this additional nepotistic um, one year twelve million dollar deal. Because I mean, in total, that's two years, thirty one million dollars for KCP. So I have no doubt that there was some sort of agree- agreement made. Uh, but yeah, Tommy, what are your thoughts on this? Seems like a weird timing to let let go of KCP. Uh, it does, but I mean, look, I think if you are considering considering the argument to be who is a better player moving forward, you know, moving forward just into the future, KCP, I think, is makes a very compelling case. I, and I don't think Ariza is as washed up as some people think he is. I think he he I think he easily has two good years. So you could argue like in the next three years, who's the better player? I don't know, but. KCP is only 25 and he has, and he's going to go beyond the next three years. You know what I mean? So the better player going forward, very strong argument. It could be KCP, but we, that is kind of irrelevant for us, right? Like we are not going to keep KCP beyond this year anyway, because we're trying to sign a max guy next summer. And if we're not able to get like Kevin Durant or, you know, one of the other max options we are just going to probably punt the salary cap so regardless of what we do though kcp is not part of those plans moving forward and we're concerned about our team right now kcp has been playing well but his entire career to this point he has been a streaky shooter 
I think like if you're comparing shooting between him and Trevor Ariza, it's at least a wash. You know, Trevor Ariza is not maybe the last Trevor Trevor Ariza that we uh, we knew who went out. You know, in his last series as a Laker, you know, in the playoffs or whatever, shooting forty two percent from three. Um, maybe he's that was an anomaly, but he's also not as bad as he looked. Like for example, at points last year. He's just going to be a streaky shooter just like KCP is. Um, I think that's at least a wash. And for this roster construction and the way that we're trying to play and this, you know, everything else, Trevor Ariza is just a much better fit. He is a longer defender. And, you know, we've seen in games against the Spurs how DeMar DeRozan and Rudy Gay and guys like that big athletic wings just like run over our little guys. You know, it's not that KCP and Josh Hart can't guard threes. It's just that good threes are just going to shoot right over their head. Um, The Warriors, you know, at this point, it's like weird to say, but like we are legitimate contenders. You know what I mean? I, if our team continues to develop, because we haven't even hit our max potential, I feel like we, we are like right in the mix for a top seed, you know, top one or two seed in the West right now. Um, so, you know, we have to start thinking about, like, who's a better fit for right now and who, you know, the other top teams we might face in the playoffs. And the obvious one is the Warriors, you know. Josh Hart is a great defender. KCP, great defender. Clay Thompson is six foot eight. You know, he's just going to shoot over either of those guys. You know, uh, Kevin Durant obviously has a ton of length. So, you know, having KCP doesn't really do you any good there. So it's just like when you start thinking about those types of things and roster fit, and the big one is in the most obvious probably, Trevor Ariza has a ton of playoff experience. He has finals experience. He went to the Western Conference Finals last year. He's been to the NBA Finals twice. He's won a championship. You know, he's... And then you have KCP who, like, I think went to one playoff series in which his team was swept. So... I just trust Trevor Ariza a lot more. Um, we need that type of player and that size of player more than we need KCP right now. So to me, the trade is is a no-brainer. I agree. I At first, I was questioning it because I did look at KCP and I was like, well, this just seem, this seems like an unnecessary wash at this point. And are we just feeding off of that Lakers nostalgia again? But, you know, taking a step back and looking at our recent run and assessing where have we run into problems. Like you mentioned, it, it's it's against taller, bigger wings where it doesn't matter that KCP, Josh Hart, or Lonzo Ball play perfectly solid to find defense on these guys. If they can shoot over them, it, it doesn't matter at that point. And sometimes you just need length, regardless of how well you're playing defense. And as we've seen with Brandon Ingram going down, we don't have another guy who can quote unquote even replicate what Ingram does in terms of just having long arms and limbs, you know? And Trevor Ariza would be that understudy to Brandon Ingram and who could do a competent job or better than competent job in filling in his role, you know? And at this point, Trevor Ariza is probably a much more savvier defender than Brandon Ingram, even though he may not have the athleticism and all that. So I agree with you. And I think this, obviously, this is more for the long run, the long play with regards to the playoffs, because KCP has zero playoff experience. And I am 
pretty scared that bad KCP will rear his ugly head once the playoffs happens and he's going to be a deer in the headlights all of a sudden and all of his wonky shots are going to come back into play and then we're going to get frustrated. Where at least with Trevor Ariza, if, even if his shot is not falling, you know this guy knows how to contribute in all of the little things and do all of those winning plays, quote-unquote winning plays to help your team stay competitive and eke it out in these grinded-out type games in the playoffs, you know? So... I agree with you on all that, and I think it's going to be it's going to be like the Tyson Chandler thing. Take into account the hometown factor. Trevor Reza grew up in L.A., played for the Lakers, etc. He's likely going to be rejuvenated by this entire process. Um, LeBron is just going to have another veteran guy to trust. Uh, Trevor Reza was in the trenches with James Harden just last year. So all in all, I'm pretty excited. I guess the next question is, what do you think we're giving up here outside of KCP? Do you think it's anything more than a second round pick or Zubats or could it be Isaac Bonga? Oh no. Um, <laughs> no, definitely not Bonga. I'll tell you that much. Okay. Okay. So I guess, yeah. What do you think the Lakers are giving up here? Part of me doesn't want to get too comfortable. I know they've done a bang out job just in terms of all these acquisitions, LeBron notwithstanding, but part of me is like, are they just randomly out of nowhere going to surprise us and we don't have our first round pick this year or do you have a little no. more faith and confidence in them? I have a lot more faith and confidence in them and especially in this circumstance because um, uh, we just have so much leverage, you know, like we don't have to make a trade. Um, we don't need Trevor Ariza. We are doing very well without him, like you said, and our team hasn't even, it's just, it feels like we're just starting to go towards our peak now. Um, and KCP has been part of that. He's been playing like fantastic the last couple of weeks shooting wise. Um, and he always plays defense. So, but Phoenix, if they're trying to get rid of Trevor Ariza, there are not a lot of other teams out there that can acquire Trevor Ariza in a trade or would be willing to acquire Trevor Ariza in a trade if they could. We're one of the few teams out there who have a, a guy with a salary that we can take, you know, get rid of to get Ariza. And, um, we have a need for Trevor, what Trevor Ariza does. Um, I just think that there's no way, you know, when you start thinking of the various three team scenarios that could arise, there's just, there's just not really a way that uh, we would have to give up anything more than, you know, maybe, KCP plus a second round pick or KCP plus Zubots or something of that caliber. There's no way we're trading future assets to acquire a 33-year-old Trevor Ariza that pretty much no other team in the NBA can or would trade for. Um, and so, like, you just wait then at that point and put the pressure on the on the uh, Suns to either do a trade or just waive him so then you could just sign him as a free agent because he clearly wants to come here. Um so I, I just think that there's no way we end up uh, giving very giving up very much for uh, for a reason to trade. What are your thoughts on why this kind of leaked early before the December fifteenth date? And do you think interim GM James Jones is at work here with uh, his old partner LeBron James, who got him paid time and time again as that random shooter that never got off the bench? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely uh, could be the case that um, they have some sort of deal in place. And, you know, you have to keep in mind if we're sending KCP out and we're getting Ariza in, it's possible that, you know, it's possible that we're just sending KCP out and then whoever the third team is actually wants KCP 
And so they're willing to send out, you know, a, a second round pick or something or a young asset with whatever player they're sending out to match salary. Yeah, so there's not so many teams who are, you know, capable of making this kind of trade. And so you think, like, maybe they have a trade in place with somebody already. And they're just trying to see, like, what can we get that's possibly better? Is anybody else going to step up? But I would not be surprised at all if it's just, like, Saturday, boom, it's just announced, it's done, we have Ariza. Yeah, and by all indications, that's what's going to happen, even though random Suns bloggers and people on the radio are like, I don't know if the Suns really want Lonzo Ball or Markel Fultz. I'm like, shut up, you ain't even going to get Isaac Bonga. Uh, So yeah, (laughs) with that said, obviously... Once the specifics come out on Saturday, we'll cover it more in detail and talk about who that third team is, mysterious third team. Uh, So we won't go into the details of is it the Washington Wizards and Austin Rivers and Tom Sadoransky or uh, whoever else is out there with a random young point guard. Maybe the Atlanta Hawks with Jeremy Lin. They wouldn't need KCP. We're not going to go into all the specifics because those specifics will come out soon enough and then we'll cover it right after that. Uh, With that said, we're going to end our show talking about Kuz Mamba as we have been sort of the last few episodes, but who knew we were downplaying our praise for Kuzma? And we will get to that right after the turn. Hey, this is Brian from the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, here to talk about keeps. So there's just no two ways to say it. Losing hair is awful. Nobody wants to go through it. And two out of three guys are going to experience hair loss by the time they're 35. This is the world we live in, people. Now, I personally haven't started this you know, downturn, but I got a couple of people close to my life that go through it, and they always say, should have started it sooner rather than later. So anyways, these FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes, now and starting just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. So they've ironed out the process. Basically, you just take a photo of your hair, and you shoot it over, and a licensed physician will review the information, and recommend the right treatment to you, and then, boom, shipped right to your door every three months. So Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month, uh, plus now you can get your first month free uh, to, to what? To keep your hair. So come on, what are we talking about here? To receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash almighty. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash almighty. That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash almighty. Keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. All right, Tommy. So this whole season for the Lakers was a trial out season for the young guns. And the question that seems to always be at the top of everyone's minds is, Who's that one guy who's going to step up? Who's that one one or two guys who are going to step up? Is LeBron James going to be able to find his 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 second in command, his partner? Yep. Before we even get that second guy in free agency. Okay, yep. Um you're bearing <laughs> the lead here. <laughs> um yes. But recently, we have seen Cal Kuzma step up to the plate like gangbusters. And, you know, we have been praising him the last we have been extolling his his praises the last few episodes, but I feel like even we sort of kind of hedged our bets a little in terms of how we were describing him and just saying, you know, he may be the best. I don't think it's insane to think he's the best, but I wouldn't even go as far as to say that he's the best right now, but I don't think it's crazy to think that. And I think we totally downplayed Kyle Kuzma because right now I definitively can say that Kyle Kuzma is our best young core piece. That's not to say that he's going to be that at the very end of all these guys' careers, but right now I don't know how you can argue against him just having the most complete game and the most complete game that meshes directly with LeBron James. I mean, LeBron James has 
more than half of his, not more than half of his assists, but I think Kyle Kuzma is the biggest beneficiary of LeBron James' assists. But outside of that, recently, Kyle Kuzma has the biggest beneficiary, has been the biggest beneficiary of him just taking the onus on himself and just making plays for himself, creating plays for others, and just initiating on his own. And it's been such a joy and pleasure to watch. And it, he's kind of reminded us how versatile, how skilled, how creative he is on the offensive end. I mean, how crazy was that against the Heat when Dwayne Wade was guarding him in the post? I think he had this little show-and-go pass fake, and then he turned that into a quick Dude, right Dude, he had right a couple hook. plays where he just, like, worked Wade. And Wade is, like, you know, he's old, obviously, um, so he's not quick, but he's still a crafty, strong defender. And yeah. uh, Kuzma had a couple plays where he just went right at him and just had amazing, just made amazing moves on him. Yeah, he was busting out the full arsenal in the post there and all of his soft floaters. I think he finally got a hook shot to go down. Um, him streaking down the lane and punching it in in the nastiest way off that, that KCP steal. Oh my gosh, man. I mean, I give Kyle Kuzma a lot of credit for not only dunking the ball, but dunking the ball with so much style. I think Kyle Kuzma always wins in terms of style points, whether it's him scissor kicking his legs in the air or just sticking the landing pose and all that. So, I mean, he is the most exciting young Lakers player uh, on the court each and every night. And the last seven games or so, Kyle Kuzma is averaging 21.5 points per game, 8.8 rebounds, 3.5 assists on 50% field goal shooting, 37% from three. And in the last six games from three, he's shooting 18 for 46. That's just a shade under 40%. He has hit three threes in five of those six games. Five straight games with 20-plus points, and obviously last night, 33 points, 7 rebounds, 1 assist on 14 of 22 shooting, 3 of 7 from 3 with some exciting plays. I can't say enough about how well Kyle Kuzma has played, and I feel like I don't even know where I'm going with this anymore. So I guess my question to you is, is this guy, is this guy the number two guy for the Lakers right now? Yes. All right, we're done. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, I, Kyle Kuzma has just, I don't know. Again, it's like guys get hot, but it doesn't feel like Kuzma is hot right now, right? It feels like he, you know, it, we've seen it with other young guys that we've watched develop over, you know, our careers as Laker fans. You kind of remember those moments where you saw that, oh, shoot, Kobe Bryant is like not just a good young prospect. He's like actually a really damn good player right now. Uh, you remember those moments where you thought the same thing with, you know, guys like Andrew Bynum um, and uh, even, you know, lesser, not like maybe not all-star caliber guys, but even lesser guys like, you know, Jordan Farmar when you started to, he was young and, and uh, are, you know, and, and guys like that. So it's just crazy watching. This feels different though. This no, feels I mean, different this is definitely Farmer. different. No, 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 it, it is. It, it definitely is. It's. Kuzma is like just operating at such a high level right now. That game yesterday, and I was watching it Which on. Which was delay. not a game, by the way. It yeah, was like a Rucker was, Park playground game. Yeah, it was so bad. We should have lost that game when Kuzma came in in the fourth quarter. And I feel like I was just super engaged because I was watching the game like way DVR'd. So I was just skipping. I was just just watching gameplay. Um, when Kuzma came in in the fourth quarter. He was so engaged, like, on both ends. Like, he was, like, jumping around and, like, trying to, like, get everybody energized around him um, defensively and offensively. And 
he is like the reason, one of the main reasons we won this game. I mean, he just played amazing from start to end. First half, I thought he, you know, obviously played very well offensively, but defensively, I thought he was a little bit weak at points and maybe wasn't boxing out as well as he, as he should have. Second or half. leaving Winslow open. Yeah, exactly. But second half came around and he corrected so much of that, especially in that last stint when he came in in the fourth. Um, but yeah, I just, Kuzma is playing, he's playing at such a high level right now. It's just, you look at our record and you think about how much upside this team has and you think about, you know, where we might be in the standings come the time, you know, that the coaches are, you know, they pick the all-star reserves. If Kuzma is averaging over 20 points a game and like, you know, six rebounds and a few assists and is doing highlight plays and is hitting a ton of threes and we are the number one or number two seed and maybe not the number one seed, but like the number two or number three seed in the West. I think that Kuzma gets like some serious all-star consideration. Like they still might pass oh, yeah. up on him because of seniority. Um, but the way that his stats are trending right now, like he could easily be at 20 points a game by that time. And and that's like kind of, you know, if you're thinking of an arbitrary magic number for a guy like him, maybe that's it. And I think he would be a serious contender. Um, so I'm just interested to see how they handle it when B.I. comes back. Um because I think Kuzma right now has established himself as the clear number two. And that doesn't mean that B.I. can't be like a number two or a future number two. Um, two Kuzma's number one, you know, when LeBron and stuff like and whoever else we sign like retires, right? So B.I. is younger and he saw so much upside. And maybe now it's just the co- hopefully the coaching staff can just convince him, like, do the things you're good at right now and focus on trying to help us win right now. And the other stuff will just come with time. In two full NBA seasons, B.I. will be the age that Kyle Kuzma is today. You know, and that's a yeah. lot of time of development when you think about how much B.I. has developed, like, for what he is now compared to what he looked like when we first got him. I was, like, so scared. I was like, what have we done here, you know? But <laughs> it's – it's uh, guys change a lot and continue to, to develop. And I think same thing with Lonzo. Kuzma's success and greatness – is going to take a lot of pressure off Lonzo to be exactly the guy. And Lonzo can just focus on the stuff he's good at, playing defense, you know, getting uh, assists, you know, being kind of like a more modern version of Jason Kidd with maybe a little more upside on his jump shot, but, like, he needs to seriously rework the jump shot. But it, maybe a little more upside as a as a scorer um, in the future. But anyway, he, he can have the comfort of doing all that stuff and focusing on all that stuff without – having to be the man or the number two guy even um, just because of how Kuzma stepped up. So Kuzma has just had such a positive impact on the entire team and, and how I think we're all going to view things moving forward. No, and he, and he deserves it because he's worked his ass off to get to this point in his life, you know, and you, you mentioned something that I wanted to bring up and that I was going to argue as well, that Kuzma's offensive glow up is kind of allowing BI and Zoe to just kind of bide their time takes the pressure off of them and allows them to focus in on these small little things that they were kind of already good at in terms of being defensive stalwarts and just being defensive annoyances who can cause havoc on that end. And their makeup right now is kind of sort of complementary and supplementary already. And that's not a that's not a knock on them. So even the way I look at it, BI and Zoe's floor is so ridiculously high that if they only marginally improve offensively over the next few years, and let's say they don't become a star, that's okay. 
They've proven to be great supplementary players as it is to a LeBron or to a Kuzma. Um, And so I think that's a good thing. And we're not going to cap their ceilings, obviously, but let's just say in the worst, worst, quote-unquote, worst-case scenario that they don't become these high-scoring offensive superstars to round out their defensive qualities, that's perfectly fine because we need those types of guys to win a championship anyways, you know? So yeah, Kyle Kuzma right now has definitively taken things by the reins as the number two guy next to LeBron James. And it's been a sight for sore eyes, especially with how he was struggling, how people were doubting him earlier on in the year, just focusing on how terrible he was on defense, which was warranted. Again, though, he had to start off the year playing fives. And now we're seeing him utilize his strength in the right way against smaller dudes. And now he's just banging into these fours, absorbing the contact and finishing. He Guys are bouncing off of Kuzma right now. It's almost, in a way, Julius Randle light, except Kuzma has way more finesse and touch to his finishing game than Randle ever did, which only allows him to do more when he gets near the rim. So for me, it's just incredible to see this guy put it all together. Did you ever think Kyle Kuzma could become a bully? Because that's where he's at right now. He's just bullying no, people in the post. I, I mean, I didn't, dude. And and that's the crazy thing is his game, he scores in such a... And we said this at multiple times last season right and he kind of started off i'm not gonna lie i mean i think both of us were a little bit like okay well maybe last year in some sense was like he overperformed because he he was an unknown um but i just he's doing all the it's like he hit this little bit of this rookie or sophomore slump right in the beginning of the season and now he just i don't know what happened something triggered or he crossed some threshold i mean i don't think it's a big coincidence that it kind of coincided with B.I. Uh, going down, but he also started this trend before B.I. went down. Um, and he's just like, I don't know. He's he's so he's playing at such a high level. He's, he's so playing at such a high level. He's just so good. He's he's just yeah, he's scoring in such a crazy variety of ways and he's a hard player to stop. Yeah, I mean, he answered that question for himself in the post-game interview with Mike Trudell last night when Mike Trudell asked him what's been the turnaround, and he said, they just been running more plays for me. Nah, nah, just playing. And I'm like, no, you're you're not playing around, and you're not wrong. You know, we, we mentioned that a couple podcast episodes ago that part of the reason why Kuzma has sort of ignited and gotten off here is because Luke Walton has given him the ball and allowed him to be a little more creative with the ball, whether that's him finding his own offense and going into the post, I actually clearing the floor for him so that LeBron can feed him in the post the way that they used to feed B.I., or just him making plays for other people as well and showing off his amazing play playmaking vision acumen. And I know a lot of people are surprised by how well he's been dishing to other guys and that are saying like, man, this playmaking came out of nowhere. But... I tweeted out a scouting video someone chopped up of him in college and in the draft combine a couple days ago, and all the cool nifty passes and quick reads you've seen Kuzma throwing in games recently, he's done all of those before, and you'll actually in that video literally see almost a copy and paste of some of the, the amazing whip passes you've seen him make these past couple of games. He was doing that in college in Utah, as well as in the NBA draft combine when scouts finally took notice of him. And for me... My barometer to see how well a guy is doing in terms of whether he can reach that next threshold is kind of just looking at their high school tape and highlights 
or their college highlights and seeing whether or not they can ever translate any of that the way that they were killing people in the lower leagues and translate that over to their professional career. And now we're seeing Kuzma finally doing that. And I think it just goes to show you that sometimes it just takes getting comfortable in the NBA plus getting the role and opportunities to be able to have that aspect of your game flourish and shine once again. A part of your game that was always there with you, but I think with Kuzma, every other aspect of his game has clicked that now he's able to kind of bring out the playmaking that he's always had and make some of those, yeah, make some of those crazy whip passes to people in the post. And he's such a great post passer as well with his back to the basket. I think he just has an innate vision and he always had it when he was in high school, college, AAU, etc. But now we're just seeing it all come together. And um, yeah, it, it's it's just beautiful to watch. Um, okay, so one thing in terms of, I know when people talk about Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball, they always bring up defense. And uh, they are great defensive players. I think one thing that I would like to point out, though, at the end of the day, before we get too far ahead of ourselves in terms of getting too goo goo gaga with the defense i just want people to remember that yes defense wins championships but putting the ball in the hoop is still the name of the game in terms of basketball in the nba and that's why you'll hear that statement i think it's a mark jackson statement good defense but better offense right and if you're one of those guys who's so talented offensively that your game trumps other guys good defense regardless of how you play on the other end of the court you're on the path to becoming a potential all-star or star I think if you're a really good defensive player, but your offensive game never fully rounds out, you you can become an all-star, but at the end of the day, you're not a superstar per se. You end up becoming like a Ben Wallace or a Luau Ding or the, the top version of this, elite version of this mold of player is Draymond Green, right? So all really good guys and guys who have contribu- contributed to championship teams, but at the end of the day, you may not garner that same sort of all-star recognition. Whether you agree with this or not, there's more of an emphasis and focal point on scoring. Um, and with regards to the phrase, who is the number two guy, that phrase and statement is usually looked at under the lens of scoring and offensive offensive efficiency and just excellence. And I think right now that's where Kuzma's going. And the fact that he's actually rounded out his defensive game to even just be solid, I think is what's potentially going to take him to that next level. So Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker... Even Carmelo Anthony or DeMar DeRozan, these guys are considered the superstars, right? And they they don't really play defense at all or never really even have. So I think in terms of just before we get too far ahead of ourselves in terms of defense, 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 it's also important to recognize and I'm just leveling out the conversation and saying offense is also very important, especially if you have a guy who's somehow crossing that threshold of just being a microwave type scorer and just being excellent at every facet of his offensive game. So um, did you have anything to add to that? No, I, I mean, I completely agree, I think. But that's why the, I, that's why I really love this young core that we've built because I feel like these guys are going to complement each other perfectly. And if I really hope they stick together and they just stay with this because, you know, you have these – you have Lonzo and you have B.I. who at this point – and they're still – both of them are only 21, but you don't know what you're going to get out of those guys still. But Kyle Kuzma just buys you time because he's offensively so advanced right now, and you still need somebody to play offense. So, you know, it's like LeBron is not going to score 60 points a game. You know, so you have LeBron, and Kuzma's is really a really good number two option next to him. Somebody has to fill that role. 
and the other two guys are not ready to do it yet. So it's great that we have Kuzma who who is ready. Yep, I agree. All right, with that said, we have gone on kind of long. I wanted to make this shorter because I'm super tired. I have been super inarticulate this entire episode, so I apologize. Um, things are good. I think the Lakers play next uh, on Thursday against who do we play? Who do Houston. We play? Ooh, Houston. So Houston's obviously Houston. been struggling, but hopefully... <laughs> what? Um, yeah, we play the Rockets. They beat Houston. the Blazers tonight, and hopefully hopefully we can smack them back in the jaw the way that Rondo did to CP3, sapping him of his uh, point god powers and uh, get that win and continue to ride this awesome streak of momentum here that we have going for us and, uh, yeah, make our way up to the number one spot in the West. So there you go. It's uh, awesome with a capital A. Uh, all right, Tommy, thanks for uh, joining me once again. As usual, follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes. If you haven't checked it out, check out the uh, Luke Walton Did It Better um, video that I put up on Twitter, Behind the Back Pass Glory and all that. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time when Trevor Ariza is a Los Angeles Laker once again, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tommy, catch you later. Later. Peace. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more Yeah, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.